You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the second Sunday after Christmas, January 3rd, 2021, by the Reverend Steve Best, Associate for Couples and Family Life at St. Thomas.
He had a better new year in 2021. Please show up. We are so much in search of answers, and we have so many questions. Can we look at a new direction for this next year? We can relate to these three wise men who, in today's gospel story, have traveled miles and miles to find and follow the spiritual path that God has desired for them. We are all still swimming in a lot of, uh, I guess I call it emotion, an uh, ocean of emotion in which we are usually dealing with our own ghosts from Christmas's past, but now this year we're dealing with all the disruptions. The Christmas season has clearly been disrupted. I believe that today's gospel story has many clues for us as guidance for the new year. Let's start with the question, will the real King Herod please stand up? That's a little bit of a scary question, isn't it? The chapter begins with this cunning king who tries to trick the out-of-town visitors into thinking, well, that maybe he is in fact a religious man, and he wants to find the real Messiah so he can worship him. Sounds good on the outside. But misinformation and disinformation, the lack of truthful information, is alive and well in first century Palestine, just as it is today. Few of the locals fall for it. They know all about Herod, how he, well, let's say, did something very unseemly and quite brutal to John the Baptist, and actually his wife, and actually two of his sons. So the locals aren't fooled. But here, here's now out of towners that maybe they'll fall for it. But it won't take long for these two colors of Herod to be revealed. He soon will be ordering the execution of all male babies in the region under two years old. A horrible, horrible thought. Any young soul that could possibly be this Jesus, this Messiah. Herod, his rage, his jealousy, his addiction to power, his violence, keeps him, keeps him from seeing the true star. God's star. The star that the wise men so diligently decide to follow. Will the real wise men please stand up? Now, we don't know a lot about their true identities. We're not even sure how many wise men, maybe there's wise women as well. But we, by practice, three gifts mentioned in the story, assume it's three, well, magi. And magi, that's an interesting one too. It comes from magicians. Well, they were learned. They had to go to the ancient equivalent of seminary, divinity school, and they were from the priest class, likely, in Persia. They were followers of the ancient religion, Zoroastrianism. Now, they would have been seen by the religious leaders in Jesus' time, in Jerusalem in particular, as sketchy. Maybe sorcerers, magic makers, not anyone to take real serious until you need them. Herod is looking for a star, but which star? Today's gospel lesson helps us to see that they are, in fact, the wise men, that is. They're true identity, they're savvy, they're spiritually attuned to the movements of God. Their spirituality brings curiosity and kindness, generosity for sure. In a world ruled by a king who rebuilt the temple, yes, he gets credit for that, but at what cost? Because his legacy of terror was even greater. You don't have to be afraid of where the truth is. Sometimes it comes inside our faith, outside our faith. The most important thing is we recognize truth when it arrives. I'm reminded of the story told by the great ancient Persian poet Hafiz. 
There's a story where once a young woman seeking spiritual direction asked him, what is the sign, the truest sign, of someone who knows God? The poet remained silent for a few moments and looked deeply into the woman's eyes. Here the ones who have dropped the knives, they know God. The knives that are used so often on one's soul and the soul of others. The wise men, they have soul. They have a right to retaliate. At some point they realize they have been had. They don't refuse to give in to Herod's dark energy. They keep focused on the main thing, which is bringing their gifts and manifesting them in a radical and even prophetic generosity. These wise men help us to see that there's in fact two Christmases. There is the celebration on Christmas Eve that we're very familiar with, where the gift of Jesus being born into our hearts is honored. But then there's the second Christmas known as Epiphany, which is less well-known, particularly in our country. In many places in Europe, Epiphany is the bigger of the two celebrations. Our Epiphany is celebrated on January 6th. It is a different kind of gift exchange. It is the kind of gifts that go outward. Christmas Eve is more inward. We're receiving this gift of Jesus as a child. The outward manifestation is Epiphany. And we're bringing these gifts for service of the whole world. Let's take a closer look at these gifts. Gold. The gold that they brought to the baby Jesus, fit for King or Queen. It's a reminder there are gifts and material wealth need to be shared with those most in need. Mary and Joseph and Jesus were refugees. They too had to flee from Herod, from the oppression of a tyrannical leader. They needed material provision. So like these wise men, we need to see that God's truth always includes gifts that are intended for justice and gifts for provision for those who are excluded. Frankincense. The gift of frankincense is for worshiping God and seeing the holy in everyone. It's fitting for Jesus, of course, the great high priest, but in a way we need to honor the royal priesthood of all believers, which is all of us that are in the assembly. The priesthood to which every baptized Christian is called and to live into. Myrrh. The gift of myrrh was used for anointing the sick, the dying, and those called to special ministries, prophets and pastors. Jesus would grow up to be a healer. Some of us are more comfortable keeping Jesus in the manger, kind of gentle and soft. But he is called to be a prophet a reconciler, a healer. Our families, our churches, our schools, our nation desperately need all of these gifts, whether it's the gold or the frankincense or the myrrh, to be distributed to those according to one's calling, not to, according to class or privilege. And then lastly, will the real Jesus please stand up? Christmas leaves us with a lot of questions about how we truly see Jesus. Again, some are more comfortable leaving Jesus in that cozy manger, meek, Jesus meek and mild, and then fail to see him as a grown, fully grown adult. Sometimes it's a fierce and forceful prophet for a for love. The hope of this Christmas is that the internal gift of Jesus, the presence of him in our hearts, keeps growing. And then the second hope 
equally equally wonderful is the hope of epiphany, which is more of external gift-giving, manifesting to all who are in need of help. And so, whether it's the hope of Christmas or epiphany, they're bookends, and they support us in our journey. What is the sure sign that you have traveled towards epiphany? Well, I think it's simple for the Gospel lesson, it has to do with pure joy. When the star stopped over the place where the Christ child rested, we are told that wise men were overwhelmed with joy. Well, let me introduce you to one who knows that joy, a local sage. I love pointing out local sages, so often there's so many people on the national stage. But my local, state, uh, local sage is Houston Craft from Snohomish, a gifted evangelist for spreading the good news of deep kindness into our world. He's only 30-something, but he is clearly wise. Professional speaker, special mission on developing curriculum for children and adults in how to create nonviolent, gentle, but revolutionaries. Yes, gentle revolutionaries. People of all ages learning how to set firm and forceful boundaries to do it nonviolently. Because after all, it is kindness is more than the nurture and the soft. We love that part. But it's unkind to let violence in our world go unchecked. So in his way of being in this curriculum, especially for the young people, he shows that there is another way to either being shut down and being too quiet and letting things happen that are really violent or unkind. And he helps people to say, hey, we can set boundaries and we can stop violence. So this Christmas, this soon-to-be epiphany, I encourage you to keep looking for the star. We need to be keep looking for the star that leads to a joy, a fresh beginning, a new year, a new way forward as individuals, as a church, as a country. Know that the first Christmas has in fact arrived. You've been given the gift of Jesus' presence. The second Christmas of Epiphany awaits you with all of its beauty to inspire you to follow the star that leads you to offering your gifts until joy arrives. So be brave, be true. The real Christmas, the real you, the better you, the better new year will stand up. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www.stthomasmedina.org.